Welcome to Monoreal Radio Dockside Chat Number One. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And this is our first go of this. I am so excited. I'm so excited to finally be doing this. We've been talking about this opportunity to sit and record with Dockside Margaritas at Dockside Margaritas since we went under contract to come down here to Florida. And I can't believe that we're finally sitting here. And we got a beautiful day for it, too. It's like 70 degrees in Orlando. Where we're at on the coast, it's usually a little bit cooler than Central Florida, but this is like the perfect day to be doing this. I wasn't expecting the weather to be as cool as it is on the coast here. Yeah, no, it's it's equal. And you're right, usually there's like a five or six degree difference, but beautiful day, the kind of weather that you dream about when you buy a home down in Florida by Walt Disney World. So this first installment of the Dockside Chats, we want to go through the move. We want to talk about the move because a lot of people have been asking about it. And we want to talk about some of the things that we've been doing as Disney locals without APs because we don't have them yet because they're not for sale yet. And we're not going to have them for a while. Well, fingers crossed. Hopefully they go back on sale soon. But let's talk about the actual move down because a lot of people wondered how we pulled this off. Yes. And I do want to clarify that like we're not doing this to be self-indulgent here, but there are a lot of bumps in the road that we hit literally and figuratively uh, on our move down and I think it's worth talking about because there are things that we learned uh, closing about the real estate market and things that we would have just never thought of because we got some good advice from our good friends and we're hoping to pass that along. Yeah so let's start with closing. (laughs) Um, So we were set to close on March 7th. That was the date we had set in stone for a, almost two months. Yes, it was actually a little bit later than we were initially planning on being down here. We had thought we were going to be here sometime in January or February, but of all of the homes we looked at, we probably, we were down here for about a week and a half in January. Uh, we probably saw about 20 to 25 homes. Yeah. I would say about 90% of them were vacant, but naturally the one that we picked had residents living there. That wanted, like a longer than normal amount of time to clear out. So originally we are set for March 7th. We are, and and this is a cautionary tale. I'm going to spare you a lot of the details. The long and the short of it is just be careful who you trust and make sure that you are staying on top of your lender and your closing company because we were getting them everything that they needed, every bank statement, every pay stub, uh, the appraisal got done quickly. The inspection was done quickly. Everything we needed to do, homeowner's insurance, auto insurance, soup to nuts, we had it done a lot faster than we should have so that we could stay on time because we wanted to buy ourselves time just in case something went wrong. We didn't close late. I think that it's also worth noting that we are first-time home buyers. We've never done this before. But for two people who, in their normal everyday life, are hyper-organized more than most, me especially, I I will admit that, I am anal retentive, everybody tells me that, everybody tells me that I'm crazy organized, it's probably why I still have my job, but um, there were things that, as much as we tried to stay nine steps ahead, you just couldn't. Yeah, and, and so, be careful with who you trust, because the week of our closing, now, We are not moving within our town. We're moving 1,100 miles away. We left Long Island to come down here, and it's it's the last-ditch effort to make sure everything gets packed up. We had packed, you know, our shipping container, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, too. And the closing documents that we were supposed to get, it was supposed to be a hybrid closing, some e-signature, some paper wet copies, um... Every day we would call, hey, we've got five days left. Hey, we've got four days left. Hey, we've got three days left. And it was always the same answer. Yeah, it's coming in an hour. And you would call two hours later. Yeah, it's coming in an hour. We had actually built in an extra day with the closing company when we knew something was wrong. Um, And we were lucky that we could flex like that. Uh, And we did. And it was literally now the day before we are leaving. We are out of flex time They got us the documents at 3 o'clock. We had to go to Staples to print them to get in front of a notary and have it scanned and sent back by 5 o'clock. 
it was it was tight. It was tight. Yeah, this is a 125-page document we're talking about. It's not two pieces of paper. It's not something that we could print at home, especially because they told us in the 11th hour that they wanted it on legal paper. Yeah, 11 by 14 not legal. not everybody just has lying around. They're like, do you have 11 by 14 legal documents? Like, who has 11 by 14 legal documents? Or that much ink for their printer. That's the other thing. We would have we would have ran out of ink. You would have needed at least two or three cartridges to get this whole thing done. It just wasn't worth it to do on our own. The best thirty dollars we spent in this entire endeavor was having Staples do it for us, have everything printed because they had it done in like less than five minutes. Yes, and we got very fortunate uh, that our our bank had later hours that night. I'm not going to say where we bank. And- there's no need yeah. to air that out there, but um, we are, the notary was there late, so at that point we were able to get everything done with enough time. The only thing that didn't happen was the wire transfer for the rest of our closing costs. It went out, but nobody was there to receive it until Monday morning. Which was fine because Monday was the closing date anyway, but instead of being able to close Monday, we had to move our closing up to Friday because, as it was explained to us, if you don't close today, you definitely won't close on Monday, and we don't know when you're going to close. So we said, okay, let's just close today and at least stick with our timeline because we had the pod coming, we had the movers coming, we had furniture getting delivered. So at that we point... We had painters coming, and then I had a week before I started work. We had reached the point of no return. Um, Which was kind of a risky move, and we knew that it was, but at the same time, with my work schedule, there was just no way we were going to be able to pull off anything else. So we just rolled with the punches, and thankfully, it all worked out. Yeah. So we got in the car on Saturday, Saturday the 5th of March, uh, and we started our drive down. We stopped, actually, did an overnight in Virginia to break it up. We stayed with two of our best friends, and we really appreciated that we got to see them and their kids. And we had dog. And the dog, and we had a nice place to sleep that night. Then, the next day, we left super early, because they were about a 12-hour drive from their house to Orlando. Even though we are living on the Space Coast, we knew that the first thing we wanted to do as locals was come to two of our local haunts here at Disney Springs. So naturally, we went to Dockside Margaritas because it's where we go. You know this by now, obviously. (laughs) We were exhausted, but we were not giving it up. No. Uh, And then we had dinner at Paddlefish that night. Which, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that that's usually our first stop on every vacation. It's our first celebratory dinner to kick off the vacation. We love the food. It's always excellent. So we thought that that was a natural way to start off the longest vacation we've ever taken, as we're calling it. Yeah, and let me tell you something. I looked like John Candy from Summer Rental when I pulled into the parking garage (laughs) here at Disney Springs. I had two coolers strapped on top of the car. I had two bicycles on the back of the car. And the only casualty we had in this whole thing was one bike tire. Be careful when you're crossing over the South Carolina-Georgia line. The road dips off. But I digress. Um, Let that be the worst thing, You know what? It was, and that was what was great. That was really the worst thing that happened to us. We've heard some nightmare stories Mm -hmm. from friends who have used shipping containers, from friends who have gone to closing and find out they're not going to close that day. For what it was, and for all the headaches leading up to this point, that was the worst part of it, was one bike tire. No, and we knew that it happened right away. Like, you kind of felt, we got a little air, and we felt the landing, and... I could see out the rearview mirror. I had seen your bike tire the entire time. And then, and then I didn't you didn't see, see it anymore. <laughs> so I was like, why don't you just pull over? And we pulled into the Georgia Welcome Center, and it was fine. I mean, well, it ended up being fine because we caught it. It could have been much worse, but you shredded the tire a little bit, and, and that was it. There was no damage to the bike. It's nothing you can't fix. Right. So that was our Sunday. Now on Monday the 7th, we closed, uh, which was exciting. Of course, that clo- we closed a little bit later than expected, but we still closed that day. Um, I think it's also worth noting, we did want to stay on Disney property that night and then just yes. drive to closing the next morning. Uh, I believe it was like 250 for pop that night, so we didn't do it. I mean, it was, the, it was like we said, it was March 6th. I know that's around spring break time, but 250 for pop, no thank you. No, not when we used to stay at Pop for 125. Yeah. So we ended up 
staying closer to the coast, made our closing super easy the next day. And uh, if I can suggest any two companies for anybody to use, the first is Red Rover Moving and Storage. Red Rover is basically pods, except instead of having pods deliver the pod to your house for you to pack and then they pick it up and drive it to your location where you're moving to, you pick up the pod, you drive it from their facility to your house, you pack it up, you drive it back to them, and then from there, they ship it from that facility to your new address. And you can pick it up multiple times if you want to, which was great for us because since we didn't own the home we were leaving, we were renting, we didn't want our landlord getting upset about a huge pod in the driveway. It was great to be able to just go back and forth. And it made packing kind of easier. Like, we, we did a couple... Like, two days of packing. Yeah. Instead of one long one, which was kind of nice. Right, and it was really great because, like, a lot of our wedding gifts were at your parents' house still. So instead of having to move them from your parents' house to our apartment, we could just drive the rover from our apartment to your parents' house, load it up, and bring it back to the facility. That's exactly what we did. It was literally half the cost of pods. And with the push of a button, too, the the ramp, the loading dock, it is on a hinge on the front of the truck behind the passenger side so you click a button and it just automatically comes around the side of the van and then you click a second button it lowers you didn't have to you know you didn't have to lift it there was no real manual labor you didn't you know it, it wasn't heavy you could adjust the um the height of it so that yeah. way your incline wasn't so steep it was one everything about that pod was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and the customer service was incredible, and the quality build of the pod was great. And the price? Very reasonable. Very reasonable. So highly recommend them, and I highly recommend College Hunks Hauling Junk, specifically in Brevard County, because that's who we used. Best money I have ever spent in my life. These guys were machines. Three of them had that pod unloaded in an hour and 10 minutes for 250 bucks. Which was incredible because Red Rover gave us a four hour window to unload our truck before they took the pod back. And we were kind of sweating that out. I mean, we we knew we wanted the help just so we didn't have to do it ourselves, but in four hours, we knew that was gonna be very tight. And I was thinking, you know, if they were getting there at 9 o'clock in the morning, they were going to take the full four-hour window. Yeah. I wasn't actually going to start, like, unpacking boxes and ripping them open until 1 o'clock. I had our kitchen done by 1. It was great. It was amazing. It was outstanding. Truly, it was... That was some of the best money that we spent. Oh, uh, here goes Rainforest Cafe. Sorry. As, the, as the volcano in the distance goes off, so excuse the uh, background noise. But if, if you're a regular to Disney Springs... You're used to this by now. But anyway, I digress. Um, that was spectacular. Let's start... I mean, that's that's the move, right? Those are kind of the... That's the quick way through our headaches and a quick way through our, our victories and all that because what you guys really want to hear is what we have been doing as lo- locals to Disney. We are. We're an hour and 15 minutes away. So we're locals by comparison to what we were before. You know, we're not in the backyard of the Magic Kingdom. Um, But I gotta be honest with you, I'm really glad that this is the decision that we made because every time we drive here, and we've been here multiple times a week since we, for the last month that we've been here, every time we pass through those gates, I say to you, is it getting old yet? No, it never does. I mean, we've been here for about five weeks, and I think we've come to Disney property about seven times. We haven't done the parks yet. Again, we don't have the APs just yet, but we've definitely been utilizing springs. And, you know, we had talked a lot about that when we did our episode announcing that we were moving, that this was the right decision for us, and that... You know, as much as we love Disney, we didn't necessarily want to be right in the backyard. We didn't want to deal with traffic. And, you know, for us, we didn't want it to get old. Cut to us being here every single week. But But, the point is, (laughs) a lot of people, an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half with traffic, that might sound like a really long time to get here. I used to commute into Manhattan every day. My train ride was an hour and 20 minutes. 
so and and if you're in the car driving from where we were on Long Island in an hour and 20 minutes you might not even be in Brooklyn on some days so this is nothing for us to get here I don't feel it at all no and it's the best of both worlds for us because we have a 20 minute ride to the beach and we're here in an hour and 15 and for us too uh, take aside the fact that we're used to those long commutes and those long days whether in the car or the LIRR for us to come down here if we, you know there were times we'd shoot down for a weekend well you're talking about six to eight hours in transit from the time you leave your house to get to the airport go through the security fly down claim your bags get on rest in peace magical express and then make your way over here check in get on a bus come to Disney Springs or go to a park it, you're eight hours before you even really are starting to right. begin your activity the fact that from our doorstep to the Orange or Lime Garage at Disney Springs, it's that quick. To us, it's no big deal. No, it's really not. Our first weekend here, our first official meal is locals. Because Paddlefish, we came, but I hadn't changed the license plate over. We hadn't officially closed on the house yet. We hadn't even been to the house. Well, other than other when than, we, other than other than, the, other than the showing and the inspection, yeah, yeah, we didn't buy it on a blind. But the first official meal that we had here was at Polite Pig, and as per usual, it did not disappoint. I had the brisket sandwich for the first time, and people have just raved about it. Worth the hype. Well, I think we should also give a shout-out as to why we went there. Because our incredible friends who allowed us to stay with them on the way down in Virginia had a second surprise for Sean. I knew about it. They, They were trying to surprise both of us. And uh, unfortunately, they had to bust it because they were afraid our schedule was going to change. <laughs> yeah. And they were not wrong <laughs> to be afraid about that. But um, our friend took the train down from Virginia, uh, got a ride to our house, and showed up on Friday as Sean was in hour one of seven of putting my desk together for work. So he arrived just in the nick of time. And uh, he was taking the train back out of Orlando, so we wanted to take him to a nice lunch before he went out. And he's a big barbecue fan, so we thought, what better than Polite Pig? Yeah, and he really enjoyed it. Also, cautionary tale, if you can pay extra to have the stuff assembled, pay extra and have the stuff assembled. Don't do it on your own. (laughs) Cautionary tale. Trust me. Um, Yeah, but he really enjoyed it. He is a big barbecue fan, and he is not afraid to be highly critical of his barbecue. Um, and he really enjoyed Polite Pig. That was kind of like, not that I needed it per se, because I know that I love going to Polite Pig, but once we got that seal of approval and he gave a big thumbs up to the mac and cheese, that's how I knew Polite Pig is, that, that's a safe one. That's a good one. That's always going to be worth the hype. Also, thumbs up on the sangria. I always get bourbon for whiskey when we're there because, you know, how do you their not? menu is outstanding. It's what you do. Uh, but since we were there for lunch... I tried the sangria, and it was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. So after that weekend, Jackie went back to work, and I stayed out of work to continue unpacking boxes, breaking boxes down, helping, you know, we we put it up on Facebook Marketplace that we had moving boxes. People were coming by taking them, which was great because it saved them money. It got the boxes out of the house, saved me from having to break them down because we had hundreds of boxes. Yeah, that was was a tip our friend gave to us, something that we would have never thought of otherwise, and it was such great advice just to have people taking the boxes off your hands. If you're not, you know, if you're comfortable doing it, putting it out on Facebook, Facebook Marketplace, don't obviously put your address there, but if people are interested in coming and doing a pickup and, and you DM the address, we we had a great success with it. Yeah, we helped a lot of people that really did need it, which yeah. kind of made me feel really good. It, it accomplished more than its initial goal, which was Sean's tired of breaking down cardboard. <laughs> um, so, here's the deal. We came, you notice we're talking about our friend that came down from Virginia. We drove down. We went to Disney Springs. The one name that we haven't mentioned, if you guys have been with us for a while, is Walt. Our dog was not with us. Our dog was staying with Jackie's parents because we knew we had painters that came. We knew we were getting furniture delivered with the movers. It would have just been too much to have him there. Right. So we said we would fly back to New York for a day, 
see our families one more time and then get in the car and drive my car. Wa- in That's your the other car. thing. We, we took Sean's Jeep down first because it holds more right. of the essentials that we were going to need just to get, a, you know, camping chairs so we had a place to sit, yeah, all that kind of table, stuff. folding table, clothes. Uh, and, and my car stayed at home with Walty's stuff in it, basically, because then we were going to chauffeur the little prince down. So, with that said, we decided that as our first St. Patrick's Day, because we were leaving on the 17th to come back to New York. The 18th. uh, The 18th, I'm sorry. So the 17th, the night before, first St. Patrick's Day has to be at Raglan Road. Now, if if I have any critique of Raglan at all, it's this. I called about a month ahead of time because... Longer than that, once we had our closing date... You were... Yeah, so maybe it was six weeks. You you had been calling for quite a while. I finally got somebody on the phone, and I had asked if they were taking reservations for that night or how it was that they were handling themselves, because last year, in a COVID world, they sold tickets mm-hmm. to get in. It was 10 bucks. They told me, we're not doing that again because we had to turn too many people away. People didn't like that they had to pay to get in. It's going to be first come, first serve. If we don't have tables available, you'll put your name on a list and we will text you when a table is available. Great. Great. I would have been happy to pay, honestly. Ten bucks. Not bad. Yeah. Not 20 ahead. Which, to our surprise, is what was happening at Raglan when we got here that night. $20 ahead cover just to get in to then put your name on a list to get a table. That was honestly kind of shocking and this is coming from someone born and raised in New York where cover charges were the norm on a Friday or Saturday night if you had live music there I was shocked and I'll be honest I was disappointed because you did the exact thing you said you weren't going to do I understand something might have changed during the day it's the middle of spring break if you were a lot busier than you anticipated they might have had to you know, sort of make a knee-jerk reaction, but I don't think that that was it. This was being promoted as a block party, so they had it closed off as soon as you came over the bridge by uh, Frontera Cochina. They yeah. had the uh, they had stanchions, and then they had a hostess there taking names, and then on the other side, they had they had it blocked off as well. Over and, by Gideon's and Wine Bar George. Right, which kudos to Gideon's for moving their line because that's normally where the Gideon's line is and everybody knows that's a madhouse. Right. Uh, But that much was very well organized. Uh, And you could sort of just see the trickle down effects because after we decided we were not going to go to Raglan, we tried for Hangar Bar. Hangar Bar is jammed. Uh, There was a half hour wait, which wasn't that bad, but you couldn't just go to the bar. And then we tried Boathouse. Same thing. Uh, Beyond, I I think it was more like an hour. But what we realized quickly was Raglan set up their beverage carts that they always have right outside the stanchions where you could still hear the music and see some of the performers. So it was like, okay, I'm going to drink the same Guinness that I was going to drink inside. I'm hearing the same music. I'm seeing most of the same performances. But we don't have to shell out the extra 40 bucks. But here's the thing, though. That was always our backup plan. We were going to go to a kiosk and get a drink and then walk back towards Raglan. You just wanted a Guinness. We didn't see anything. That's why we ended up at Hangar Bar and, uh, and Boathouse just trying to get a drink. They don't tell you that their kiosks are out, which was... I don't know. Maybe underhanded is a strong word, but... I just, I don't know, I, I felt like it was just a very chapek thing that happened, and I was I was slightly disappointed. But we still got the Irish beer, we were still able to stand there, we were still able to hear live music, the experience was still pretty much the same. And for what we would have spent on the cover charge, we got, we ate at BB Wolf's. Yeah, which we, we haven't were, done in a while. We were still hungry, so we got some poutine, and, and right. that money is what we would have spent on the cover charge. Just the cover eat. charge. With, with the uh, with the Guinnesses. And we hadn't been to the poutine place yet. So it was kind of nice because we could have gone to uh, Cooks of Dublin. We talked about getting Cooks of Dublin. The line was very long. But we were willing to wait on it 
And instead we said, let's go to a place we've never been to. Let's go to a place we haven't been to in many, many years. Um, and it all worked out. It all worked out. <laughs> but you get what you pay for, folks, because the universe will always balance itself. We had a very early flight the next morning. So we said it's not worth driving back to the Space Coast an hour and 15 minutes away because at this point now it's 11 o'clock at night. We're going to drive an hour and 15 minutes back to sleep for an hour and 15 minutes to get in the car and drive an hour and 15 minutes to MCO. Yeah, if it was like an 8 o'clock flight, even if we had to be at the airport at 5, I would have done it. But no, Our, we were boarding in the 5 o'clock hour. We were boarding at 5.15. So we slept at the airport because then it's like, well, like you do, like you do. It's a 20 minute drive from Disney Springs. And now we get three and a half hours worth of sleep. So we get triple the sleep. Okay. I'm in, um, we are in the airport at 3 AM. We are through airport security and outside of our gate by 4:15. We have an hour to kill. I'm trying to condense the story so as to not bore you all. We were told by somebody at the gate who is not an airport employee that our gate had gotten moved from 92 to 23. Now, if you are used to flying out of Orlando, you know you take those monorails to get to your gates at the terminals. 92 is in a completely different area than 23. Um, we got somebody from TSA to confirm that this was happening. Because they hadn't changed the sign yeah. at the gate. That's the thing. We were going off of somebody's word, which I really didn't want to do. But the TSA supervisor confirmed we were going out of 23. And they made us go through airport security a second time. They wouldn't give us a pass. They wouldn't escort us through. And now our doors close in 45 minutes. This is before we go through security, and it's about a 45-minute anticipated wait. Right. So the second time we go through security, mind you, it's spring break. It's on a Friday. People are leaving. That way they get their weekend before they got to go back to work and school, etc. So on one side, the first time we went through security, it was like a 15-minute line. And I'm looking at, at the, the B side, and I'm like, oh, geez, thank goodness we're not over there because the line was already starting to build the first time we did it and it was very early now we got to go on this long line so they give you the wait time we're already sweating it out because we know it's going to be very very close uh we make it through with 10 minutes left in the boarding window and at that point uh and, and we didn't have we flew frontier so we didn't have bags we had nothing yeah i was like i'm gonna use the bathroom because i really didn't want to go on the plane i'm not the best flyer i don't like getting up during the flight so i was like i'm gonna go to the bathroom just make sure we're good, you know, tell them at the gate your wife is on the way, whatever. Um, so I get out of the bathroom, and I see Sean, and he's very easy to spot because he's still dressed in green from St. Patrick's Day the night before. I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a green St. Patrick's Day Islanders jersey. And a green hat. And a green, a green Disney golf hat. And I just see him shaking his head no. And... I'm not usually the type of person to do this, but I lost my freaking mind. I immediately started sobbing because at this point, I have been almost 14 days without my puppy, and that is the longest day, that is the longest stretch I have ever been without him, and I was very upset. And before we left, uh, it wasn't even a month yet, uh, my grandfather went into the nursing home, and I wanted to go see him again because, you know, full disclosure, he has dementia. I already know that I'm going to deal with him forgetting who I am. And I know that being being so far away, it's unfortunately going to speed up that process. And that's something that I have been trying to, to cope with. And this was not the time to tell me, no, we're not getting on a plane to go see your dog and your grandfather. So now we have 10 minutes until our doors close. And long I don't think we said this. No. We, we're back to we're, the original we're gate. We're back we to the original just gate. We never left. Right, but we left because a TSA supervisor showed us on his phone that we're going out of 23. Meanwhile, I've gotten emails and texts from the airline saying 92. Our gate said 92. You know, the board outside of our gate. All of the departure boards said 92. The airport website said 92. The only person that had 23 was this TSA supervisor and some chucklehead going to Indianapolis. <laughs> um... Who we passed right after Sean broke the news that we were at the wrong gate. And I was like, great, he's going to get on his flight. I was, I was done. 
Admittedly, I was I, And I said to Jackie, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, just don't tell me to calm down. Let me go. Just let me go. And there was a point in my mind, I'm like, a week and a half in, I've become Florida Man. I'm going to be Florida Man gets arrested at MCO for screaming at TSA. <laughs> but uh, it was like, what do you do, right? What do you do? So finally, we found somebody that was willing to help us, a wonderful supervisor at the TSA pre-check. When I broke it down in terms of, we slept in this airport last night, scanner IDs, we've been through this security line twice, and we were outside of the right gate an hour before our flight, and we're not going to make it? They passed us through. Whether they were supposed to do that or not, I don't know, but I appreciate that they did. twice through security already. We were the safest people in there. But, good on Frontier Airlines, they held the flight. Yes. They held the flight. And then we found out it was us. There were like 10 other people disaffected, and plus the flight attendants. They got shuffled around and to the pilots. different gates as well. Yeah, so, so it yeah. definitely wasn't just us. So we made the flight home. They were hauling the mail, those pilots, let me tell you. Yeah. We ended up only getting in 10 minutes late in uh, at Islip MacArthur, which was great. We had a nice final night on the island. We got the dog. We did the straight drive through from Long Island to Florida um, so that we could be down here on a Sunday because you were starting work again Monday. We didn't want to be getting here at 6 or 7 in the morning, Monday morning, and then you've got to go to work after doing, you know, an 18-hour drive. And we wanted to give Walt a day where, you know, he had both of our undivided attention so that he could just get adjusted, which he did. You know, I went through such great pains to make sure all of his toys and his beds and things that he's familiar with were all set up and ready to go for him. You know, we still had our futon from the apartment. That's in, you know, one of the... It's, it's in our studio now. Yeah. Um, and then our bedroom set is now our guest set. So we made sure there were things that he would recognize and he could send out. No. What does he do? He goes to all of the new stuff. His new bed... The new, he's in the kitchen, in the dining room, nothing that was familiar with him, to him, and he, he was just loving it. He was loving it, and he's adjusted very, very well. Um, but back to the Disney side of this, because from this point forward, it's all very Disney-centric, because we did another first. We've eaten at City Works in the past. We've had dinner there, we've had cocktails there, it's great. Never have we had the brunch there, the rock and roll brunch, with which we've heard so many great things about. And some of our friends from here, uh, Brennan and Catherine from Detour to Neverland, Kelly from Karma and Kismet, Connor from WDW Opinion. It was nice that we finally got to like all hang out together because we were just so busy. That's the thing. Like we did have we did have our friend Mike surprise us. But we really didn't see anybody because we were just so busy getting the house ready. So it was nice to see everybody and relax. And we had brunch there. And I got to tell you, and I'm a homecoming fan. I truly am. Don't sleep on the brunch at City Works. And if you can't get a homecoming reservation, don't be disappointed. Because if you can snag a brunch reservation at City Works, it is an absolute home run. I think it's a fairly easy reservation to get because it is sort of off the beaten path, if you will. It's not in that cluster of, like, Homecoming, Wineboard George, Boathouse. Uh, even, I think, Raglan does a brunch now. They do an Irish brunch, yes. Um, so you do have that cluster of restaurants in the middle there. And then on the far end, you've got City Works and House of Blues. Relatively easier reservations to get, but the food is... Just as good as homecoming. Um, there was there was like a grits throwdown. Yeah. Um, Catherine had said that those were the best grits she's ever had. I still I think I like homecomings better, but these were delicious. Uh, the menu has such a great variety. It sure does. There's breakfast burritos. There's like hash bowls. There's um, I think there was like some kind of breakfast burger. And then my personal favorite. Everything is named after. It's like rock and roll themed. So you had the John Bon Jovi, and I absolutely love Bon Jovi. They are my favorite band, and nothing made me happier than Cinnabons named after him with a orange citrus icing drizzle on them. That was that was dynamite. You've had a Cinnabon. It was a good Cinnabon. Don't get me wrong. It's the glaze for me that put it over because I've never had an orange citrus glaze on anything. No, and I got to tell you, I also was. So 
so happy with Kelly's suggestion because she said get it after as a dessert. Yeah. So instead of, it's on the appetizer menu, and instead of like filling up on the Cinnabon before, we all had our brunch, and then we got coffee, and we got two buns, and we split them amongst the seven of us, and it was fantastic. And there was a sticky bun left over. Like, we didn't even finish it. It's it's huge. It's massive. Um, definitely. I will spare you. Yeah, th- please do. <laughs> One of the best cinnamon rolls or cinnabuns or whatever you want to call them on Disney property. It's up there with Gaston's. Bon Jovi's buns any day of the week. So, um, the following weekend, I got to do Run Disney for the first time in four, four Ever. and a half years. Yeah, yeah, first time in forever. I hadn't done a Run Disney race since 2017. Wow. And I had only ever done Wine and Dine, which is great. But I was super excited when I got into Spring Surprise because we knew we were coming down here. And frankly, if we didn't get the house, I was flying down anyway. I was going to do Spring Surprise. Um, It was a really fun weekend. It was unique. It was very different. Um, The Everest 5K, I did get to run that Unfortunately, because our dear friend Luke, who's been on the show before, I'll link to the episode that we did with him. Heavyweights. Heavyweights. I'll link it in the show notes. He's on the WDW running team with me. Um, He was signed up for the challenge. I could only get into the 10K. And poor guy slipped on ice and has basically a broken ankle. Um, So I ended up getting his race bib for that 5K, for the Everest 5K. Everest 5K was supposed to have a scavenger hunt, which I thought sounded so cool, uh, but I think due to the lightning... Due to the weather, we were up... This was a really bad weather weekend for Run Disney. I mean, none of the races ended up being affected, but there was bad storms that threatened the entire weekend. So because of the rain that was coming, and we actually did get rained on at the finish line as soon as we were done, Um, they canceled the scavenger hunt. We had already downloaded the app. We were getting notifications. We're all getting dressed, ready to go, getting excited to play the game. And then they cancel it. And then they shortened the running trail, the running route, uh, about a half a mile. So it wasn't a full 5K, but it was pretty close. I think the only thing we missed was running backstage by Dinosaur. But that was my first time running a run Disney race in a while. But it was the first time that I actually had set foot in a Disney park since we got down here. And... You did it without me. We knew. We knew this was going to happen. Running through Pandora at night with the glowing because it was a return to the night race, which was fun. It's also a cautionary tale of why they don't do night races anymore. But it was a lot of fun. It was a little bit of a cluster, you know what, um, getting everybody through the corrals, but it was a good time. Um, And then the 10K was at Epcot. That was smooth as silk because most of the races that they are doing at this point, they're running them, starting them at Epcot, running them through Epcot. Um, That was a good time. That was the uh, taste for the race uh, 10K. Lots of fun. I was so happy to see that Run Disney is back. I'm already registered for the Wine and Dine Half Marathon, and we have about a week and a half until Marathon Weekend opens up, and we get to all go back to the 90s, which I am so super excited about. It looks amazing. I'm definitely coming with you to pick up your bib and check out that merch. Oh, yeah. The other thing that we did that was a first, other than me running a different Run Disney race, we got to experience a different resort. Yes. Um, And we got to experience a good neighbor, uh, the Wyndham Grand Orlando, and they have the Wyndham Club over there. Friends of ours that are on the running team were staying there, and we got to go and enjoy some of the wonderful amenities there, including a fabulous dinner. That complex is so impressive. Um, I was taken aback by how large it is, by how glamorous it is, by how clean it is, and how nice the amenities are. I've only heard great things about it because... You know, it's one of those things that I've checked out from doing the vacation planning, and it's one that I try to recommend to people because the pricing is always pretty good, uh, and they have so many pools. They have the lazy river that can get you from, like, one point of the resort to another. Yeah. Uh, So it always just seemed really cool, but I was happy to be able to, like, set foot in it and experience it for myself and just be able to be more well informed about it but the meal we had was excellent the bar was really nice 
Uh, lobby was beautiful. The grounds were nice. Parking was so easy. So easy. Um, and they do they do charge you for parking. That is the only thing. But I get it because being that it is so close to Disney Springs, they don't want you. Well, Disney Springs has free parking, but what they don't want is you parking at the resort and then using a bus from the resort because they do run even though it's not a Disney resort per se because it is the good neighbor they do still run the buses to get you to the parks to get you to Springs they don't want you parking there and then using it to stash your car to go and enjoy the parks yeah. I, I kind of get it from the parking garage to Epcot I think was like a six minute drive when I drove it um, I wish they validated parking for having dinner, but they don't. Hey, listen, it's okay. It's it's a nice enough it's resort. Worth noting. It's worth noting, but it's a good enough resort in terms of the aesthetic. Uh, it's good in regards to the. Actually, I thought the food and drink prices mm-hmm. were so cheap that actually, once you factor in paying the twenty seven dollars to park. It kind of levels out with, say, coming to Disney Springs and having a meal where the parking is free. So it is pretty much equal. Very true. Um, But, yeah, definitely a thumbs up high on the list. Check it out. And then our last first and one of the last things that we have to report on was brunch again. This time across the way from CityWorks at House of Blues. Yes, we were fortunate enough to have more friends visiting. Uh, That's been the wonderful thing. I mean, I I knew we'd get a lot of people just being that it's around spring break. Uh, But that's been one thing that we've been really fortunate with is having so many people just being here as soon as we got here. So it feels like we never left in some ways. Uh, But we had friends in town that were visiting family. They wanted to meet up with us. So we did House of Blues for brunch again really easy reservation to snag um we had never been i mean like i've been to the house of blues before but not in orlando uh i feel like i missed out the inside is so cool it looks like a church they have live music there both inside and outside on sunday um i think once a month they do the uh the choir brunch gospel brunch they have a, a yeah they have a gospel choir singing uh the menu again excellent um you had the... Uh, I had the steak and eggs. The steak and eggs, And to yeah. God, it was one of the best steaks I've ever had on Disney property. And I had a breakfast smash burger, which was absolutely incredible. Because um, we had, like, a noon reservation, so it was, like, the perfect thing to, for around lunchtime. And our friend got the um, the biscuits and gravy. It was chicken biscuits and gravy. Oh, man, they were good. And they were, like, the size of your face. They were the biggest biscuits I have ever seen. But you, Yeah, you could probably order them as an appetizer for four people. That's how big they are. And here's the real draw, because not a lot of places offer it. They have bottomless mimosas at House of Blues. And they're cheap. A lot of places don't offer that. They'll offer you a flight, but no, this was bottomless, and you've certainly got your money's worth. Yeah, 14 bucks, and they just walk around with pitchers of mimosa and top you off, and... You can take them to go enjoy a stroll through Disney Springs with. Yes. It was awesome. But the food was great. The service was great. The live performers were great. I hadn't been to House of Blues since 2003, and I wasn't all that impressed with it. I'm so glad I gave it a second chance. Brunch was so good that I can't wait to go and have dinner there, which we're going to have to do soon, which I guess kind of leads to my conclusion here um, to, to finish our first Dockside chat. Well, today... Oh, yes, today. We also have today. That's right, we also have because today. Because we didn't just come to Disney Springs and drive an hour just to record. No offense, guys. We love you, but we do love our listeners. But we wanted to do a little something else and, and spend the day here. Uh, we wanted to go and see the Easter eggs at Grand Floridian. They yes. have, um, in some ways, I don't want to say that it's better than the gingerbread house, but these things are so detailed. I was so impressed. They have... Chocolate eggs, they stand about three feet tall. They range from like 10 to 100 pounds. Um, I had no idea that they even did this. Like, I knew the Grand Floridian, the big thing is the gingerbread house, but I had seen a couple of TikTok videos with the uh, with these eggs, and I thought they were so cool, and I wanted to see them for myself. So, as I'm sure most of you know, the problem now is that you can't just go to the resorts anymore without a reservation. Grand Flo is 
probably one of the easier ones because if you really wanted to, you could take a bus to Magic Kingdom if you're staying on property. For us, I was like, I'm not about to pay to stay at the TTC, uh, to park at the TTC and then have to get on the monorail loop. So we made a reservation and this was like a shotgun decision. So we weren't able to get breakfast. Uh, we made a lunch reservation for the Kona Cafe. So we parked at Polly. Uh, we took the monorail over to see the eggs first thing in the morning. It was nice. We had our coffee there, and we got a, a little snack because they have the cottage yeah. uh, where they're selling all these Easter treats. Um, we would have gotten one of the chocolate eggs to go. Not a three-foot one. They have, like, smaller versions of them, but because we knew we were coming here, we didn't want to have chocolate in the car. Um, but we just walked around. We got to see some of the eggs. We'll be posting videos and pictures of that because it was so nice. And they had such a lot of rare characters. I was yeah. really surprised to see. Yeah. Uh, you know, they do the more obvious ones. There's a Frozen one. There's an Encanto one. They were both beautiful. But then they had like a a Rescuers egg. Yeah, they had a Rescuers egg. Really surprised. They had a Fantasia one. Uh, and probably my favorite is the 101 Dalmatians because yes. they managed to get canine crunchies in there. And I thought that was brilliant. It was awesome. Lunch at Kona was great. We've had breakfast at Kona. Tonga Toast reigns supreme. Still is my favorite breakfast on Disney property. As great as these brunches have been, Tonga Toast reigns supreme. I'll be honest. We had an 1150 reservation, and we were hoping that we might be able to squeeze the Tonga Toast out of that, but we couldn't. No, we, we missed it by almost an hour. But I don't even care. That lunch menu was so amazing. And the food. I had the, um, the chicken stir-fry. Oh, my... It was so good. That's some of the best stir-fry I've ever had, period. I had no idea, and I was happy to see how much they lean into the theme of the Polynesian with their their uh, Asian-inspired cuisine. Yeah. I wasn't expecting... I mean, they had the sushi, but I really wasn't expecting them to have uh, the poke bowls. Uh, and I actually... I got a banh mi sandwich, which is something that... Like, I never found on near near home. Right. I found it, you know, like when I was working in the city, there were a couple places that we would order from that had it. Uh, but it was so good, and it was so quiet to get that reservation. It filled in a little bit later. Like, once we had paid out, you could see that the restaurant was getting crowded, but 11.50 was, like, the perfect time to go. Yeah, by the time we left, it was packed. But we got in at just the right time, and then we shot over here. So I guess that's to conclude our first Dockside chat. And, and we are aiming to have these monthly to kind of fill you guys in on what we're experiencing here at Disney. Um, what have been your big takeaways being here a month, and what are you looking forward to moving forward? That's such a tough question because it's not just that we're stone's throws away from Disney. Like, it, there have been so many changes, so many adjustments. We're adjusting to being homeowners. We're they're, they're just having a house and a dishwasher is like something I'm still trying to wrap my mind around. Um, By the way, Jackie has said for all of our friends back in New York, she trades you all in again for a dishwasher. I would. I, I felt like such a sellout leaving our friends and family behind, but I would do it again in a heartbeat for, for having a dishwasher. I would. Um, <laughs> a dishwasher and a Dole Whip at my disposal. Yeah. So... To answer your your question as it relates to Disney, my biggest takeaways, um, we have certainly utilized the property enough, not, you know, being in the Disney backyard. It's still nothing to come here. We've, we've come here every week. We weren't going to come this weekend initially, and then we had thought to do the dockside chat, and when I realized we weren't coming, you know, I kind of wanted to give ourselves a break because we hadn't been to the beach yet. Uh, there's still some stuff, obviously, that we have to unpack and, you know, just some things that we want to take care of at home. But I was getting upset thinking that we weren't going to come here. And I was like, that's kind of worth noting that I'm not, that, like, the newness has not worn off yet. Um, not that I thought this place was ever going to lose its magic, but I just didn't want it to become routine and it certainly hasn't but um, I think the biggest takeaway from that is how much we have been able to do without even setting foot inside the parks and that was something I had said to you this morning I was like it would be an interesting challenge but like why why bother right to be here and like see how much you can do and how long you can be here without being an AP 
Um, and what am I looking forward to? Um, short-term flower and garden, because we haven't done that in a couple of years. We've always vacationed during food and wine. Long-term, I wasn't planning on making this Epcot-centric, but we missed uh, the Festival of the Arts by a hair. Um, and I was really looking forward to doing to doing that. Oh, no, no, that is not my answer. I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, Halloween. We've not, we yes. have gotten screwed out of Halloween. Yes. Uh, so definitely Halloween. Yeah. Um, I think to piggyback off the last thing you said and then comment on something that you said earlier, um, that is what I am looking forward to the most. Not that I want to wish away the summertime, and not that I want to wish away the next four or five months, but I'm so looking forward to taking in and experiencing Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party. I'm hoping that they bring that back um, in its, like, full form. I'm thinking after spring break they're probably going to announce it soon because we're about six months out from it. And I think the APs are coming back soon as well. I think they just wanted to get through spring break, Easter. I can see the APs coming back sooner rather than later. So, I mean, that goes without saying. The minute they go on sale, we're in. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to Mickey's Not So Scary. Um, and my biggest takeaway, because I could sit here and tell you, I look forward to the dining, I look forward to... These are all true, but that's like the one thing that I'm really honed in on. And my biggest takeaway is that, as you just said, we were going to take a break. We were not going to come this weekend. And you said to me... Hey, uh, I just got us a reservation at Kona. We don't have to keep it. And I was like, yes, we do. The fact that we can't stay away, yeah. which is what the mouse loves to hear. <laughs> yeah. The fact that we can't stay away. The fact that I drove here three times last weekend for the race expo, for the 5K, for the 10K. I'm sorry. And then we came and had dinner. Four times, five times. We were here five times last weekend because we had brunch too. Well, I drove the brunch leg to but, give you a break. But to pass through the gates five times over the course of three days, and I couldn't wipe the smile off my face every time we see it, that's my big takeaway. We made the right call. For as many headaches as there were, for as many missteps as we did hit, because it wasn't all the land of milk and honey, my biggest takeaway is that we got this right, and I would not trade that for anything. Thank you guys so much for joining us on our first Dockside Chat. We want to hear from you if you have questions about the move, if you're thinking about making the move, if you've already done it and you have some advice or stories you'd like to share. Let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Monoreal Radio, or you can email us monorealradio at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. Thank you all so much for joining us this and every week on Monoreal Radio. Don't forget, I already mentioned that social media. We are on TikTok as well at Monoreal Radio. Uh, like, subscribe, and rate us on Verbal or your podcast platform of choice. And for links to everything related to the show, it's online at monorealradio.com. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. <laughs>